Sportsnet 590. Man, it's a Friday. And as expected, the Toronto Maple Leafs put forth a valiant effort, especially down to five defensemen. But they lose in a shootout because we're still doing those for some reason to the yeah. Boston Bruins. Not, not a fan. We'll, we'll put my hand up. Uh, this will shock everyone listening. There's something out there I am not the uh, the biggest fan of. Who's, don't, who's a fan of the shootout at this point, though? No, nobody. I don't think anybody. Um, you see Okanen still somewhere. He's making money in Europe, <laughs> I bet, teaching that move to, yeah. to kids. But, yeah, I don't I don't think anybody wants it. It's a necessary evil, although it's not. No, it's they not. Just play it's not five. necessary. Yeah. Well, the problem is, is that you know, can't play it forever. I get it. No, no, wants to go home it's everybody's not, so tired and it's the, not everyone's that. gonna get injured it's that it's it's honestly just a it's it's like avoiding conflict between coaches and players it's like i can imagine something that in the grand scheme of things matters as little as three on three overtime i know mm-hmm. it's a point that's not nothing but you already got your point right that it is the thing that drives coaches maybe the most insane so just having more runway for them to get angry about eh, not necessarily i'm not gonna get too even i will not get too worked up about something that we'll see I don't know, for the Leafs, what, six times this year? Generally speaking, their games end yes. uh, with them losing in three-on-three overtime, so <laughs> yeah. not to worry. Well, not if David Camp wins the faceoff and no. then immediately scurries off the ice and then on comes Austin Matthews and sometimes they, they score well, the they, first touch of the puck. I normally hate that. They did have to do that last night, though, because, I mean, they might yeah. as well have just not had Matthews take the draw if they were going to put him out there. Oh, for 11 in the dot. Yeah. Not not the place we should probably start nope. with the hockey game. But we said it, so I that's know. where my brain went. That's, you know, hey, you know me, shiny fault. objects. I know. <laughs> we should start here uh, at the top, by which I mean the best or most important line on the hockey team. Mm. Under fire, in quotation marks. It's, right. it's, it's not like anybody was talking about Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner being no good. But yeah, I would it's, say it's under fire. You know what I'd say? It's like they are fire, and we had a fire poker. We were just going. Yeah. Can you can you do a little more? Can we get I, some sparks? I would oh, say you it's, like yeah, the, the the bellows. Is that what? Oh, man, I, I think knew, that's what it's called. I knew you would have the word for that. Yeah. And just for the record, Ben is doing the thing with the accordion, like uh, yeah, but except it's a it's a vertical yes. thing instead of a horizontal. I mean, I, I, mean, I guess you, you could do it. Make, hor- you think they? I bet you there's a guy out there who goes ah, all you vertical bellowers. No, I'm yeah. a horizontal guy. I don't know why. I just assumed that that's the correct. I, I know. It. Now you're adamant about mm. it. And I, I feel like you're wrong. Listen, I'm a, I'm a, I don't need a bellows. I use, I, I, I'm made of bellows, right? Oh, yeah. Okay, my lungs are you got bellows. got the pipes, baby. Yeah. You go up north, start a fire. Ain't, ain't no bellows there. No. Nope. Blown into that thing. Yep. Anywho. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the fire, the embers were... Uh, we're still there. There was some kindling. It, we, we knew they'd be reignited. Maybe, that's, waiting for maybe that's the metaphor is we were stacking kindling. Mm-hmm. There was no there was no fire yet. Yeah. But they're like, hey, why, why are those guys splitting so much wood and making sure the right. fire pit's ready to go? Is yep. kind of how it felt. Well, and down 2 nothing against uh, a team that had not yet lost in regulation. Still hasn't lost in regulation. Uh, uh, the Boston Bruins. Mm-hmm. Mitch Marner, Austin Matthews exploded to to tie the hockey game up and and breathe life into this Leafs team. And boy, they had a power play where they looked like the Harlem Globetrotters. Yes. Oh man, Jeremy Swayman with an incredible oh my God. save. I mean, there's chances on both ends. Boy, I, I mentioned this to you before the show that it it did feel like a pretty even hockey game. And and I give the the Leafs a bunch of credit considering that they were down to five defensemen. Which oh yeah, don't worry, we'll we'll talk about oh, we'll get the, the Brad Marchand. Slew foot on uh, Timothy Lilligren. 
High danger shot attempts were 19-5, 5-on-5 in favor of the Boston Bruins. Did not really feel like it, did it? It didn't feel that lopsided. It was definitely a game. 5 No, no. It was definitely a game of runs. I mean, Boston, obviously, we saw the start of the second period went, yeah. and the Leafs were able to survive that. Oh, and, I was ready to come to the microphone oh, on, on fire today. I know. It was like the worst thing that ever happened to the show was them, which I'm happy about. But, man, the content you would have got if they would have just laid an egg. And don't worry, people. It'll happen at some mm-hmm. point in time this year. So we'll do that show one day. But, you know, the there were flurries of runs on both sides of things. But, yeah, to if you would have told me the Bruins outchanced the Leafs by a couple, I'd say, okay, I can believe that. But even even by that margin, I wouldn't have thought. Yeah, like, no. Okay, so 6 nothing in the third period, and, 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 that's, and uh, a lot I think, of that was late. Well, I think some people will hear that, too, and go, oh, that's a bit of home cooking. It's like, these are fancy stats. These yeah. aren't – this isn't hits with some guy Wait. going, oh, Clutterbuck <laughs> really ran into him there. Do we, we, do we know who's doing the fancy stats you say it like oh that's accepted that the, those are are more neutral observers generally speaking different fancy stats with a stat like that like they'll have someone watch the game and track mm. the stats so it's like different. Yeah, I know that's what they're doing with the other stats yeah but the difference I don't think and I hey <laughs> I, I could I, be wrong I, I don't think evidence where's your evidence no I don't I don't, don't have, have it. no <laughs> it uh, just feels that it way really it, does it's called HD CF so that like that sounds yeah, like so somebody that's that's yeah, it's not smart. Even, it's not even Corsi. Like it's not named after a guy named well, Jim. It is. That's actually high danger. High danger. Corsi, Corsi four. Oh, I thought you were just giving me the chances. Yeah, that's high yeah, danger shot see, attempts. See, you just say it that way. See, this is we've we've okay. We're way too off track. We've see. This is your baseball brain trying to nerd what? it up. No. Stop calling it Corsi. Just I mean, call that's it shot what it attempts. Is. Yeah, that, but that's what it high, is. High okay. HDCF is high danger shot attempts. Break. We've we have lost the plot. We need to get <laughs> way back on track to just talking about uh-huh. the where we were starting this conversation. Top line. Top line. And yes, to your to your point, the high danger Corsi four percentage did not seem mm-hmm. as lopsided as the numbers dictate to us. But what you were saying about that line. They, it wasn't just the, what was it, two minutes apart or a minute 30 or whatever that they scored the goal. It wasn't just that. Yeah. There were moments surrounding that wave around it, but uh, maybe this is a completely unfair thing to say where they put the team on their back and are the only reason that they get a point out of it at all. But why was that so remarkable? Like that stretch should be remarkable. Two guys score a goal in a minute 30, even if McDavid and Dreisaitl will do that, you're going, oh man, these guys are special. Okay. But there should have been more moments. There should be more moments in the game, in the season, Uh where Boston or whoever feels like they're barely treading water to keep up with a line like that. And you saw more moments of it last night. But we're 10 games into the season, and we're sitting here talking about a handful of shifts is overselling it. But half the game, maybe, you know, like, Think of all the guys you talk about as the truly best, most dominant players in the game. And I count both those guys among that class of Matthews and Marner. But it's not, oh, man, they they had three shifts in a row in the second period and took over. And we don't talk about that. We talk about them coming over the boards and changing the way the ice is tilted every single time. And this is a game that should be a building block for that duo to continue to do that. You were yesterday talking about how we 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 dig into the minutia and we scrutinize too much of this team. They mm-hmm. they just scored the two goals in the hockey game to tie it up against the Boston Bruins single-handedly. And that is a that and okay, so you know, I'm going to go Gord Stellick on you here. He loves the William Nylander 
kid who doesn't clean his room analogy. Yeah. Yeah. These are really gifted mm-hmm. and they're not kids. They're, they're men who make a kajillion dollars. But in this analogy, it's like they're gifted kids. I'm not proud of them for getting an A on a science test. Mm-hmm. Congrats. That's what you're supposed to do. It's supposed to look like that. Not every night. That mm-hmm. is that is too high a bar. If they were that, they'd be McDavid. They'd both be $15 million players, however you want to look at it. But it shouldn't be so few and far between that you have those moments. So I look at a game like that, that what you got out of them last night and said, yes, kudos. Thank you, sirs. May I have another <laughs> is how I how I look at that game. That is that is the recipe for what the top half, and we'll talk about the rest of this league's team, should look like in in a game against a great team. That's the recipe. Yes. More, please. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I just, I have difficulty coming to the mic critical in any fashion about those guys. When it's not the, critical. When they were, just they were under the microscope going into that yep. game. And they The delivered. team was down 2 nothing. Talking about the start of the second period, Samsonov with a huge save. And Amazing. Rival Zaka to, to, to save the game, mm-hmm. potentially. And then those two guys combined for the game-tying goals. And the Leafs escape with a point. And also they look great on the power play as well. Like it it's, it's it's hard for me to like I hear what you're saying, and you're absolutely correct in that, hey, when when you build a team as top heavy as the Leafs uh-huh. have and those guys are getting a ton of minutes, like yeah, you it's it's this it's a kind of the the cousin to the the conversation I was having yesterday about the Leafs record being mm-hmm. okay, but like them being allowed to have this dominant yep. start like the Bruins and the Golden Knights mm-hmm. and the Avalanche have had. Yeah, it's like you're allowed to every time you come over the boards for every shift look like the difference makers that you can look like. Mm-hmm. I get that, but yeah, it's hard for me yesterday when they were the reason why the yeah, Leafs no, got a I'm point. Not- I, I I want to be clear. This is not me coming to be critical of them. It's just me saying Sounds that like that's more what Sounds you expect like from every night. Now, here's here's me being critical. If I was looking back and saying they've been no good, yada, yada, yada. I'm not even saying that. What mm-hmm. I'm saying is that that is the fully formed version of them. That is peak Matthews. That's, well, actually, I lied. that's not peak Matthews. Peak Austin Matthews doesn't go 0 for 11 in the dot. There's clearly something up there. We'll park that maybe for, for now. But... Matthews and Marner, that's mm-hmm. what they need to look like. And, okay, let's just, we always do the thing where eh, it's not about the regular season. It's about the playoffs. Those guys need to have two games like that in a playoff series. Yeah. Minimum. Yep. Not to say the Leafs couldn't get by and there are other blueprint ways. Look, hey, Tavares and Nylander, the way they have gone, they are good enough to put a team on their back and win a team a series. Quite honestly, the way those two have been going. No one's saying those two should take their foot off the gas, but I'm saying those two Dude. alone. Just giving you that game a couple of times in a series, you should be laughing to a series win. The, the, the example I always point to, and it's never fair to compare anybody to Connor McDavid, but I remember mm-hmm. game seven against the LA Kings yep. in 2022 where Connor McDavid, you just like own the hockey game. He's yep. like, I'll, I'll and hey, that's the best player on the planet, right? He, he, yeah, but Oz Matthews is the best goal scorer on the planet. Yep. Like numbers, there's really, totally. there's no debate about it. Anyways, they, they were good. They had to be good. They were under the microscope. The... Embers were were starting to look, I don't know, more orange than mm, red, and like now this. they've been reignited. Okay, yes, and Austin it. Matthews has eight goals in ten games now. It's just, I know he, that was his first even strength teams, goal since game two of the season, but he has eight and ten. Like, come are, on, are there any teams he doesn't own? I feel like yeah, every the Canadians, se- and he owned Carey Price. He was the only guy yeah. that owned Carey Price. Yeah, he owned 
Carey Price. They flashed it up when they were playing against the Stars. They're like, oh, nine or eight goals wow. in seven games when, against the Stars. They flash it up against Boston. It's nine goals in eight games against. It, when it, you have the most goals I know. in the NHL since you started playing, well, yeah, you funny. do own a few people. I, I guess maybe this is the way I should put it with, with that stat jumping out to me so much is we've done the thing for so long of, oh my God, this leaf killer. Alex Ovechkin, Evgeny Malkin, or come, you know, Sidney Crosby, whoever. Yeah, this is what it's like when you have one of those guys who just kills mm-hmm. everybody. And, you know, they flashed it up, the bug on the screen again last night. He has great career numbers against Boston, great career numbers against everybody. So, yeah, I don't I don't mean it. I didn't mean to start it being critical of those guys today. I thought they were awesome. That's just the blueprint for success, and you need more of it from them, not less. And you need goaltending, which, boy, man. Sammy. Sammy. The Edmonton Oilers aren't getting the goaltending. Like, it's under-discussed part Maybe of the, have their Have they tried issue? McDavid and Nett? Yeah. He's good at everything else. <laughs> uh, uh, but you can't win with the $10 million goalie, so just wouldn't work. Yeah, that's a great, great. <laughs> that's, 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 that's the reason amusing. why it wouldn't work. That's amusing. Um, Joseph Wall was off to a great start. And he, mm-hmm. I mean, he stubbed his toe a little bit against the Kings. It wasn't an a, a, a egregious <laughs> the, game. The game he stubbed his toe against the Kings is the exact same Samson uh, or the exact game Samson I've had against the Preds, where we go, ah, yeah. something to build on right, exactly. for him. It's very but again, guys coming from different yeah. totally. It's just trending in different directions. We probably right? be mindful of that. Those games were a lot more similar than they were different. Right, and the team in front of him only scored one goal against the Kings. They they could have uh, escaped with the uh, you mm-hmm. know better performance against. Against an LA team, it's pretty good. But uh, Samsonov needed that. God. He he was undeniably, undeniably great. Expected goals were almost uh, four mm-hmm. in that game, and he gave up two at five on five. And especially at the end of regulation, at the beginning of the second period, like there's a couple of moments there where the the game is hanging in the balance and. Nobody, this is like a straw man argument to say, well, the they, Leafs always needed two goalies to be. Yeah, yeah okay, everybody's mm-hmm. of that belief. Everybody understands that considering the track record, both of health and, and yeah, just overall track record of yep. both guys. There's a lot of unknowns there. But if you do have two guys that can carry you through the bulk of the season, it worked pretty well for the Boston Bruins a season ago. Like, that is a good recipe for success. A couple of guys that can, can play at a high level. We know Samsonov can because he did it. Uh, for the first time in his career yesterday mm-hmm. or last year, yesteryear, um, with a career high and save percentage. If, if he can get back to that and you got a Joe Wall who's emerging, like that's that's a pretty damn good formula. Yeah, it's always, I think it's very interesting, the dynamic of that. I mean, we talk about this with forward groups where everybody literally does get a turn. I mean, those guys are in different, but not that different places in their careers in terms of where Wall and Samsonov are at. I mean, Samsonov has a touch more of an NHL track record but these are both guys ready willing able to grab a number one job I think that's the different part of this you know I I, the first thing I thought of when you mentioned the Bruins goalie tandem there was I went and looked at the contracts for him both guys had their money you know Allmark he's got his five million dollar deal Swayman he's in the last year now of a 3.4 million dollar deal he's going to be an RFA so that kind of changes things as well but it's the fact that they're both making good coin already I mean Samsonov we know about the ARB hearing that's the and because And the reason why I bring that up is because, and, you know, sometimes this stuff's for the cameras, but I do believe it. It seems like those guys in Boston have a pretty good rapport with one another. There's a really good understanding of change. Yeah, I know. Cool handshake. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Okay. That's fun. I don't know how, you know, not, look, (laughs) Samsonov's not sitting there going, I hope Joe Wall lets in six tonight. He's not thinking that. But Joe Wall has a rough night. He's not 
overly broken up by it because that means he's going to get the net next. And that's the, that's just the part of it that I think is going to be, this all goes into managing things. You know, we talk about coaching. All we ever talk about is ice time and, you know, matchups. Are you able to get your matchups? Are you able to get your ice time? And I guess lineup combinations, a big part of Sheldon Keefe's job this year. And Hey, we were talking to Corey Schneider. What was it yesterday? A couple of days ago. Maybe it's not Keefe who talks to him at all. Maybe it's the goaltender coach. But it's the coaching staff's job to deal with all this. And it is a great problem to have, to have two guys who can give you anywhere from quality to excellent goaltending on any given night. And let's be honest, sometimes a little less than quality. We've, we've seen that from both these guys as well. But that's the thing is they're just going to have to manage this so well, given the spot both guys are in their career. Joe Wall, mm-hmm. he's, he, he doesn't worry about his contract yet. He can't talk about it till the summer. He's got one year left after this, and then it's going to be time for him to make some coin. And Samsonov, he's at that point right now. Yeah, I, I think if if I'm reading the tea leaves and the way the guys have been managed that, mm-hmm. y- you know, you don't, you don't get like five starts in a row, but you get consecutive starts. If, if you, yep. if you perform well. So I'd expect Samsonov in there on Saturday against the, the Buffalo Sabres. I could see, I could see that. Yeah. I, I think that's what I do as well. It's man. It's so tough because I think, I think the part of it that's hard is that, you know, uh, what's your, what's your nerd name for truth serum? Uh, sodium pentothal. You give that to Sheldon Keith. Nerd name. That's what it's called. Yeah, that's what the nerds call it. Most people call it truth serum. Mm, is Sheldon, the chemists. Is what I don't, the chemists call it. Yeah, that, definitely nerds. Mm. Is I imagine, I don't even know if that's how it works, but Sheldon Keith's eyes get like as big as dinner plates and he goes, Joe Wall's a starter. Like in his brain, <laughs> uh-huh. I think he just thinks that. That's, I, that's his starter. It's the guy he's most confident in. Mm-hmm. It's the guy who the organization, there's the cleanest path to him being the guy for a little bit of a run here. So that's the part of it. See how he, he, he kind of handles all that. I do expect them to go back to Samsonov, but it's Saturday at home. It's the Sabres who Wall had his first career shutout against. Like there are, not that you'd put him in the net just for that reason, but you don't want to go away from him. Because again, the game that got Samsonov back in the net was not much better than the game that lost <laughs> Joe Wall the net. Well, yeah, I mean, got him back in the net. I, I, I think he was going to get another. You're, you're talking about, again, the, the last game of the road trip against, yeah, against the, the Preds. Preds yeah. yeah, I don't know. I mean, if Joe Wall looked damn good against the, the Kings, he would have been starting again uh, against the Bruins, I suppose. And the yes. other thing is like, okay, Matt Murray got injured last year, mm-hmm. which we all expected. He had moments, though, too. Totally. I, the Leafs last year never really had both guys going, though, at the same no. time. It's it's weird. Like, one guy Full was baton. good and one guy was bad. Or one guy was good and the other guy was injured, yeah. right? Like, they never did have the the true totally. one-two combo that it does feel like. Yeah, because Joe Wall was not bad against the mm-hmm. Kings. Like, if you had nope. to go to Joe Wall, it's right. not, you'd feel fine about totally. it. Totally. Feel fine about both goalies. They did not have that for long stretches. It was like maybe a week. I do recall like a week yes. where like, oh, man. Oh, this is, what are they going to do? But it, it really. Matt Murray exploded. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was few and far between last year. They did not have this. And this is why I keep bringing up the point of the schedule that the Leafs have pretty much until December when they come back from my no, not my, our national nightmare of them going to Sweden and them not playing very many games for a long time. They have a pretty clean schedule until they're back from that. So everything that Keith does is going to have to be very out in the open. There's no obvious choice to make. The other thing about Samsonov that I think is important to mention, and you know, I don't want to overstate it because it shouldn't surprise anyone. This was a guy who won them a playoff series last year, but 
Going into Boston uh, with that team rolling the way it is yeah. and the Leafs needing to have the game they had. Now, again, we know this Leafs team. It's easier to play in front of them when they need to have a game like that or I mean, play behind them. They still give up 50 shots. And apparently 100,000 <laughs> high-danger yes. ones. But it's for a guy who we talk about at times – like he is the most mentally fragile individual in the hit. And look, he's been open about it. He's been honest. It's like, oh, the boogeyman of the Washington Capitals. Well, I, I feel pretty good to know that there is no boogeyman of the Boston Bruins and going into Boston yeah. in a raucous crowd and the game getting, well, well I, I was about to say the game getting chippy, but it never did, despite Brad Marchand maiming oh Timothy boy. Lilligren. That's coming up next. But yeah, and also like a guy that could easily... And I, I hope he. I hope no pro athlete does this. Like, look at his hockey reference page and see the save percentage, which it was what was it, like eight fifty mm-hmm. before yesterday's game. Not and, good. and and you know he makes a million saves and it's up to eight seventy one. Like the 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 stats were starting to get away from Ilya Samsonov. But totally. A great great performance from him. I I do expect him to start on Saturday. Yeah, me too. In, I, a, I, in a divisional affair. Now that I've totally Sabres. thought about it, yes, I agree. Sammy gets to that. Uh, I expected a little bit more of a pushback when uh, one of the Leafs' young defensemen got his leg torn to shreds in the corner. Although, and also hit his like I don't exactly. I'm not a hundred percent sure where the significant part of the injury was. I think it's with the leg, but like it did also look like when Timothy Lilligren came up that he was struggling okay, for this balance. Is, this is mean. I think that's just kind of him. They showed mm. the clip right <laughs> after where they go, ah, he took a hit last week and he looked like yeah. his brain was in a blender <laughs> for a couple of minutes. So I, I'm not saying like if they come out in its leg and concussion, I wouldn't be floored by that by mm. any means. Just like you said, but the I mean, ankle looked, the ankle oof. looked really bad, but I, I, I just think there's a little bit of that yeah. in Lilligren. Every time he gets smoked, they show him on the bench afterwards and he looks like, Oh, the like SpongeBob meme of like everything flying around how long ago does it feel like when tyler bertuzzi and and mark giordano was coming over the pile to to get into a scrum oh that was that was when i was a mere child in the year 2020 or i mean fast forward yeah to yesterday and a key part of a pretty depleted blue line Mm -hmm. i mean I was going to say has his season ended, but like he's going to be out now for multiple weeks. Significant time. Yeah. Timothy Lilligren gets upended by like not just nobody, Brad freaking Marchand, mm-hmm. right? In a pretty ugly, dirty play. Oh, I thought I thought you were just calling him that. And I'm like, wow, no, that's, that's rude. Uh, no. <laughs> we won't get into that. the factual nature of it or anything, <laughs> but it'll just be rude. No, 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 no. I wouldn't say that. I was like, wow. No, and, no, no. That was an ugly play, bro. Oh, okay. It was an ugly, ugly, Again, dirty play. Again, factual nature of what I thought you were saying. Yeah. We'll just park that. Uh, it was a horrible play. Was was something that you would figure if you're a trained NHL official, like, and you're three feet away, you should be able to diagnose that one. But besides the point, besides <laughs> no, no. the okay, point. Okay, I'll let you finish, but it's not. <laughs> it's actually not. But please go. Uh, goes into the end boards. And in the moment, you're like, ooh, that that looks horrible. Yeah, again, not only, like, is he not helped off the ice because he was struggling to get to his feet and mm-hmm. play was called uh, because he, it was looked like a pretty severe injury, but it's Brad freaking Marshan. It's good that Wes could blow that one dead. He's like, oh, wow, this guy's hurt. Wonder how that happened. Brad Marshan able to, to skate along his merry way. I mean, he did get an earful from... Ryan Reeves well, from the bench. That's that then. But no physical pushback, no appearance of being perturbed at all. 
I got to say, it's not everything, but it was supposed to be something that was different about this edition of the Toronto Maple Leafs, and it, it looks very similar to years previous. I point the finger at two guys specifically when it comes to this, and that's not to say someone else couldn't have bucked their head up and had a say in the matter. If Austin Matthews wanted to go say something, that's fine, but I'm not going to point the finger at him. Mm. You already did that. You pointed the finger at him for not having more sustained yeah, I, yeah, offensive point, success. Here's what I did. I pointed the finger like the Leo meme going, ooh, ooh, more of that, please, is what I did. Yeah, how dare I? I don't point the finger at Ryan Reeves. Would I have maybe liked Ryan Reeves to have clubbed someone, not McSorley style, but do something nasty to someone on Boston? Yeah, that would have felt good. I don't know how yeah. much that changes or does anything. If Milan Lucic was in this game, would I have felt better if Ryan Reeves fought Milan Lucic? I mean, personally, me, I would have just liked to have seen that, but I wouldn't have felt any better about it. Ryan Reeves is a heavyweight. He can only kind of take care of and go oh after heavyweights. It looks like Victor Webanyama. Yeah, it like, really does. Reggie Miller, if he goes up to Brad Marchand, yes. who's like five foot nothing. So this is why, and I'm not saying you have to fight, but this is why Max Domi or Tyler Bertuzzi just has to make that guy's night live in hell all night long. Mm-hmm. Cross checks chips and then you and we always talk about the idea of makeup calls we talked about this in the world series that's how makeup calls happen in hockey you saw Keith talking to the official at the beginning of the second period there and if Bertuzzi and Domi would have just made it I don't know let's say 10 minutes of the first the first 10 minutes of that period and it is just them effectively assailing Brad Marchand every time he has the puck little little hacks little wax they're gonna have a longer leash than they would normally and even if they don't who cares? Take the penalty. This uh, is what it's about. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree with that part. I would say that in the makeup call department, the Leafs did get the first two power play opportunities of that second period. No, right? no, totally. And the Bruins I, didn't get their first power play opportunity until the third period. I love to complain about officiating, and it was a brutal missed call. They made it up. Like I'm not, yeah. I'm not quibbling that part of it, but I don't even. I don't even look at it and say that's where you should be. Yeah, I know. That. I know they didn't ask Keith. Hey, do you want us to give you a couple power plays, or do you want us to give your guys some liberties? <laughs> I don't think they gave them that choice. No, but force their hand. Make yeah. them make that choice and say, yeah. okay, I, all right. That's like four slashing penalties you just got away with on Marshawn. Are we good here now? Mm. We're good. It doesn't. And I'm sure people out there are saying that's not enough. Go do that to Brad Marshawn. Okay, like I'm not even gonna. I'm not gonna disagree with that. But I'm not even asking for that. Have a backbone. Have a spine. Stand up for yourself. It's the second time we've seen this happen this year. I forgot what game it was, but Nylander, luckily he was okay. He got smoked from behind into the boards. No one says boo. No. Now, can I can I talk about the Wes McCauley part of it for two seconds? <sighs> yeah, I guess. It's just so what? frustrating. Like, what? What do you... Ben, <laughs> you and I, which we're not very far away from each other's faces right now. Yeah. I don't know that Wes McCauley was farther away from the play than uh. you and I are from one another Right now, but I I will say when I thought of this last night, do you remember when we, there was the story about the idea of oh uh, this European Hockey League is going to make officials available after the game to answer questions? If Wes McCauley was made available, all I would be is more irate because guess what? Someone say what happened there? You go I didn't, didn't see, see it. it. Well, and that's then, what Sheldon Keith said. He and said then I he would didn't put up it. the screen cap of him looking right at it mm-hmm. and say, oh, so he's blind. Maybe he should not officiate in the NHL. And I don't actually think that McCauley is a fine official. There's the stuff about Keith when he's and him. Not, not in Leaf games. Well, this is the thing. Official. There's stuff about Keith and him, which I think is overstated but at the very least sketchy and every time something happens like that there's a subsect of the fan base that goes immediately there it's it had 
I won't say it had no impact on the game. The Leafs have Lilligren. It has more of an impact on the game. But the Leafs not getting a power play. I mean, if they're going to toss Marshawn, sure, that impacts things. They're not going to do that. I've yeah. watched the NHL long enough to know that ain't getting you a match penalty a la Charlie McAvoy there. Yeah, and it's not, I don't think, getting a, no. in a suspension either. Because there is plausible deniability there. It's yes. Brad Marshand. I, I, I know what he was doing there, but... You can make the case that his stick just gets in a bad spot and they're they're racing for a puck. Yeah, and I would also make the case that that whatever non-discipline will come out at about 4.58 uh, this evening. That's a little earlier than the NHL normally gets ahead of it, but they won't want it on a game day uh, for the Leafs. And, and Friday news dump? Yeah, as far away as possible from me complaining about it. They'll be like, there will be NFL on Monday. Gunning won't be complaining. Mark my words. I will be complaining about the light, uh, the light nature of whatever discipline Brad Marchand gets. Well... Yeah, that, so the, tune in on Monday for that. The, the longer-term uh, ramifications are that for a team that, that just played William Loggison 15 minutes in a hockey game, mm-hmm. and, and I mean, Jake McCabe is working his way back to health but won't be ready for tomorrow night against the Buffalo nope. Sabres. You're going to have... Which sucks because that's a that's a guaranteed goal off the board, former Saber. Yeah, it's true. But now you got a team that has John Klingberg playing... Too many minutes, especially in his own end. You're going to go Simon Benoit also playing significant minutes. Like there is, there, we talked about how limited the, mm-hmm. the, the depth chart is at the AHL level before the Leafs were without two of their top six defensemen. But, but man, this is, this is a significant Significant problem, especially if, if Jake McCabe needs like another week or so. How are they going to paper over this? I don't think McCabe will need that much time. He's it's not pop- practicing fully no, yet. It, so when I heard Keith last speak about it, not yesterday, but the day before, it sounded like the hope was to get him on skates maybe today, maybe Saturday, and then they said there would be very minimal ramp-up time after that. All so right, I we'll think see. I think he's back by the second game next week at the at the very least. But the the thing about Lilligren that's got me thinking is that, and, you know, the significant time part of it is that is this the move that not only, I shouldn't say forces Trilliving's hand, but opens up some cards for him to play. Because if Lilligren has to go on an LTIR type stint. Yeah. You can use his cash. And again, it's just a problem you have to deal with when he's healthy. But if that allows them, even if it's just another, you know, the types of names I was throwing around that played games for this Leafs team last year, a Jordy Ben type or somebody along those lines, just a sentient being who has played NHL games before. And it's not somebody kind of trying to keep their head above water. And yeah, the, the, you know, we don't like the forward depth down at the Marlies, but it's so much better than what they've got on the blue line. Like, (laughs) They would kill for whatever the defense version of Nick Abruzzese is. Yeah. Would kill for it. I guess it's William Lagasin, actually, now that I think about it. So maybe not. Simon Benoit, Max Lajoie. I mean, it's not Topia Niamela time yet. No, 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 no. Um, but yeah, it sounds like great. a chief uh, over ripening uh, that's going to happen with him. They actually think like, I think of all the guys down there, he's the one who's the most possible player. So mm-hmm. they're really going to be careful with him. And then the, no, he matters. Yeah. yeah. William Lagasin well, doesn't matter. It just like, <laughs> I do this with baseball prospects. So I certainly have to do it. It's like, he probably won't just in the grand scheme yeah, of yeah, things, yeah, the way yeah, these yeah, things yeah. work out. Uh, and then there's uh, the coconut character as well, who, mm-hmm. who got some games uh, towards tail end of preseason. So we'll see how that happens. And the, and it's not a good thing if you have to put Lilligren on LTIR, but for a team like every team in the world, mm-hmm. a sick league that is so jammed up against the cap uh, does give them a little more wiggle room.
We'll see. Yeah, over a million bucks if he has to go on LTIR, which, I mean, early indications are that that is more than likely, uh, considering the ugly nature of that hit. All right, when we come back, Raptors can't keep the momentum after knocking off the Milwaukee Bucks a couple of days ago, but there's actually a ton of positives for me to take away from another loss to the Philadelphia 76ers and the NBA starting its in-season tournament tonight. That and more next as the Fan Morning Show continues. Ben Annis, Brent Gunning, Sportsnet 590, The Fan. Fresh views on everything in the National Football League. It's the Fan Checkdown with Matt Marchese and Donovan Bennett. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Fan Morning Show, Sportsnet 590, the fan, Ben Annis, Brent Gunning. Raptors dropped two and four after a 114-99 loss on the back end of back-to-backs uh, in Philadelphia to Nick Nurse and Joel Embiid and the James Hardenless Sixers. That's and not unexpected, okay? That's as uh, the kids say, a schedule loss mm-hmm. against a good team on the back-to-back to the on kids? the road. To the to the kids, the adults say also say. Oh, it. I was gonna say, I don't. People I, of all ages, they say it. Is that what your kid says? When, like when they're looking that's at their minor loss. hockey schedule, they're like, oh, yeah. these guys got us coming oh, to boy. town. That's a schedule loss. For my kid, yeah. it's like every game's a schedule loss. I was trying to be nice and say like your team was the terror, but <laughs> no, no, be that fourth, no, right? No, that's no, fine that's by okay. me. It's all right. Yeah, he's, they're easing into it. Um, they, they lose the Sixers and, and not unexpected. And Joel Embiid looked like he's, the reigning MVP. He wasn't crying in the bowels of Scotiabank Arena. Uh, you look at the numbers and you're like, oh, how, how is that like a, a 15 point game and and all of the discrepancy or a lot of it at least coming at the free throw line because the, the Raptors performed pretty well offensively for a team that we were just looking for signs like just mm-hmm. be a league average offense with the defense that you're capable of playing. Well, we've seen signs and honestly, for my money. Right, like I know the front office will tell you that they want to be better. They want to mm. be not just in a playing position. They want to be in a top five Eastern Conference playoff position. They want to be better than forty-one wins a season ago. Okay, maybe I, I, I don't expect that. And honestly, I don't think it's nearly as important as what is actually happening, which is Scotty Barnes five consecutive games with twenty-plus points. He looks like the best player on this Raptors team, which you may say, well, that's that's obvious. It's not. Like, we're talking about an all-star in Pascal Siakam, a guy that at the beginning of last year was talking about being a top 20 player mm-hmm. in all of the NBA, wanting to be top five, who has all the motivation in the world to improve because mm-hmm. he's got many millions of dollars on the line. Scotty Barnes has been better, looks like the future of this franchise through now six games this regular season. This is maybe unfair or unkind to say about Pascal Siakam, but Scotty Barnes better have become the best player on this team because to your point, it is not, you shouldn't take it for granted that it was absolutely going to happen. It's far from a guarantee, especially even, or not especially, give, even given the rookie of the year year. It's far from a guarantee he was ever going to make an NBA all-star team. It's still far from a guarantee, quite honestly. You, you keep playing like this, he'll make plenty of them, mm-hmm. but we need to see more than five or six games. I think we're all buying this for sure, but you want to see a continued track record of it. We've seen a continued track record of what it looks like when Pascal Siakam is the best player on an NBA team. It's not a knock on him. 
It's a knock on the players around him, but it ain't good enough when Pascal Siakam is your best guy. If you want to just be in the mix and have a fun year, hmm. yeah, totally to, good enough. To be fair, with Scotty Barnes as their best guy also, they're two and four. Yes, well, this, <laughs> but but this is Scotty Barnes at what, 22 years old? Still, I think, we think growing. This is obviously a roster that is not perfectly constructed around him. I think it's fair to say it's not perfectly constructed around Siakam either, but... This is the guy that was always going to get the car keys. You know, they were not a team that wanted to tank. They never want to be near the bottom. But then they had the Tampa tank. They got this to show for it. The only blueprint, quite frankly, for this team going forward to continued respectability is Scotty Barnes becoming this and continuing to grow. So this is the only thing that matters in this Raptors season. And I think it is the, now I will say, the double-edged sword nature of this is that I wonder if Masai Ujiri sees a guy growing and growing in Scotty Barnes and says, I can't trade away a second banana like Pascal Siakam, which I think would be foolish, but I do do get a touch concerned if that's where the thinking goes. But in terms of what Barnes has given you this year, full marks. How can you be anything other than a Yeah, I I think most of it's sustainable. I don't know if he's like a 40% three-point shooter, which he is now. That's that's the the part I... I'd love to be wrong about, but I, I don't think we'll be looking at a number like that when the season's and done. And so, yeah, th- there is a lot of, of what's happened, especially the last two games that has been buoyed by some incredible uh, long-distance shooting. He is he's a 39.3% three-point shooter now through six games this season. But he's doing it all, right? Like, at both ends of the court, he is he's, he's asserting eight, eight his last night. will. Like, yeah. he looks like... I mean, so much of this is reading body language and and assertiveness. He mm-hmm. looks like he's a guy that understands what his role is, and that's to be the future of this franchise. So, how much, you know? And I don't, I don't think that this is Coach Darko going up to him and saying, "Hey, it's your team, baby. You got the car keys. I won't ever let anybody else drive. You're the one for me." But the fact that Nick Nurse isn't here, and obviously Nick Nurse had a ton of, and not say so he didn't butt heads with players at times. We heard about the stuff with Fred. Like, there were obviously, it's far and, Scottie, and Scotty. Or, or, oh, and, and yeah, well, and, and, and Pascal. And Pascal. But there was obviously also a lot more of a track record of goodwill built up there. We know how Nick Nurse feels about young players, even ones as talented as Scotty Barnes. So I don't, I don't know that it's been a concerted message from anyone to him, but just... The surroundings are different. You probably, not probably, you definitely have a longer leash in terms of what you're allowed to do this year. You feel like there's a new lease on life. So I don't I don't put this as necessarily that Nick Nurse was making a concerted effort to hold him back or anything like that. But I think that this is maybe one of the biggest benefits of the coaching changes without having to say it out loud. You're saying it. It's a new, it's a new pecking order. It's a new coach. Go take the team if you want it to be yours, Scott. What speaks the loudest to me is the lack of extension to Pascal Siakam at the beginning of the season. This is a guy who, okay, he's not a perfect player, but mm-hmm. he's somebody that you don't let just disappear, walk off the face of the earth, especially after Fred Van Vliet just did the same. Yep. I mean, nothing needs to be said when you go into a year in which there's uncertainty surrounding what was your best player coming into this season. You can't go... A 48-minute basketball game being the player of Pascal Siakam's ilk as well and not shoot a free throw. Mm-hmm. Like, no, yeah, well, especially being the type of player he is. Like, he lives around the cup. It's the spin move. He's spicy P. Like, that's what he does is invites a little bit of contact. He has super long arms. He's rangy. He is supposed to be getting hacked a lot. And... You know, this is one game, but the free throw numbers are down. It's part and parcel of him being now a more 
second option on this team. And I wonder how much of that is him just feeling less assertive, less mm-hmm. aggressive. I don't, I don't think this is a um, like a quiet quitting type thing from Pascal Siakam. I don't think be a bad time for that yeah, as well, considering that, how much is on the line. Yeah, for we're him. not we're not going work to rule here. I don't think that's what's <laughs> happening. But I do think there's an element of yeah. it's just it it's human nature. If somebody else your your work is being lauded, is getting all the pats on the back, maybe you do kind of like fade into to the you know the background well, a little bit more. Well, if you're the face of the selfishness, if you're the yeah. the, the, the face of hey, not getting an extension because we're going to see how this plays Mm -hmm. out. You're the face of it. It's a more egalitarian offense, and you're going to be less of the focal point. You're going to be asked to do less of the Mm -hmm. isolation scoring, bail us out of offensive possessions. Yeah, I I could see how that that could wear on on somebody. It's it's amazing how much it's turned even from the first game of the season because I don't have the numbers right in front of me, but you go look at the box score that first season. Siakam took, and I I don't say this is a knock. I say this is a knock on his teammates. He took so many bad shots because they just gave him the ball at the very end of the shot clock saying, ah, you're the best player. You figure it out. And that hasn't been happening as much because it's been Scotty who's had the ball. And that's not to say that it's all that Scotty's a better facilitator. It was the first game of the season. Like you don't, you don't make too much out of it, but yeah, it just does look like a guy who is, been i doubt explicitly but through everything the lack of a contract extension the coaching change the ball being in scotty's hands more that i think he just does feel like bit part is way way too strong of a term but how can you not feel a a little bit of a like a tide changing there if you're him yeah and and maybe there's a sixers thing happening here with his former coach and nick nurse scheming up something Mm. real special against pascal siakam but 11 field goal attempts yesterday and the first game against the sixers only eight field goal attempts and the other thing i I was going to say is that for a guy like pascal who i think wants to be a team player like he he has been selfish at times we've heard it from the gm i i think every every athlete you don't get to where you are by by thinking that oh it's always best for the team no you think you're the best option a lot of times that's how these guys are driven I do wonder how much for a player like Pascal, who, again, like, let's remember the Raptors teams he grew up on. It was ball movement. It was and not to say that Kyle Lowry and Fred Van Vliet or DeMar DeRozan at times didn't just stand there pounding the rock, but he was a guy who was moving it around. And now all of a sudden you have Siakam who went from being the clear bona fide number one option to, okay, now it's a different offense. Now I'm not necessarily the number one option. I don't know that it's so much a like easing off the gas as much of it's just an uncertainty in terms of, of where he fits in. And I won't remove the onus on that from him, but that's where coaching is important. And that's coach Darko's job to help him figure that out a little. I just want the Raptors to look, capable offensively there is nothing worse than and we saw with this Mm -hmm. blue jays team for 162 games where it feels like any deficit you have no shot you just feel helpless once you got to 10 it was like oh man game over to 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 have some light at the end of the tunnel offensively like obviously lots of light at the end of the bucks game against a milwaukee bucks team that may have real questions defensively but then to bounce back i know they didn't crack 100 points Mm -hmm. but they shot 48 percent from the field and 35.7% 35.7% uh, from from three. They just they looked a little bit more capable offensively. That's all you're asking mm-hmm. for with this team, and especially with the defensive ceiling. I thought it was a, a perfectly acceptable effort, especially on the back end of back-to-backs, for a motivated Sixers team that definitely wants to show the world that they are over the the James Harden of it all yeah, and that and they are still a championship contender. And like you said, Nurse definitely wanted to put the clamps on. Some, yeah. Well, I was going to say some of his old guys. It's really, it's just Malachi Flynn. He's, he was, the, the two threes that Malachi Flynn made are going to be so heavily featured in 
76ers film room the next couple days of him just pounding. I wouldn't even let this guy on the floor, mm. and he made two threes against you. Uh, the other thing about the offense as well is Gary Chen Jr., he just has not shot the ball well at all this weird. year. Weird, and that, the free throw shooting too has been really weird. That's the part of it that's concerning to me. Shooters go on ruts where even – oh, I'm – I was about to say even Steph Curry. Not him, but yeah. most shooters go on ruts where they just they just have it just doesn't fall. It's the it's a make or miss league. We see it all the time, but when free throws are not dropping for a guy like that, it shows you that it's clearly kind of wearing on him. I don't think this is some disaster that he can't come out of, but you need him to sooner rather than later before this thing does really start to snowball. Oh yeah, especially considering the lack of depth in your bench, especially on the back end of back to back. Grady when... Dick, they just ran him out there for thirteen thirty. Only took a couple shots last night. Yeah, and Otto Porter Jr. did not predictably play Shocker. in the back to back. So. So today is the first day of the NBA's in-season tournament, which is pretty on the nose in, in the naming. It's it's a tournament you, that happens in the middle like of the Do you like that, season. or would you have liked them it's to name the, it after a guy? Well, it's, maybe we'll get to that point, but I think the thing you win is called the NBA Cup, right? Okay. Like I'll it's allow a, that. It is a thing. An NBA, why don't we just call it NBA Cup games? Well, why don't we... I guess, and I actually looked into to this, and I think they still give it out in the preseason when the Raps and Grizzlies play each oh, other. Yeah. But what the Pearson like, Cup? Why shouldn't it just be the Naismith Cup? Oh, yeah. Like the guy invented yeah. the game. Maybe just like I know there's other like I mm. think in college there's a Naismith Invitational, but who cares? Mm. Yeah, I, I guess. I mean, eventually we're going to get to a name of it. I think, you know what, yeah, for, for brought, the first year. to you by, yeah. Yeah, for the first year, everybody's just trying to figure out what the hell this is. And, yeah, what better way to remind them than in-season tournament. It's pretty good. Uh, so, I, I know it sounds confusing, and it was confusing for me. And even when I saw it explained the first time, it was confusing. But uh, now that it's here, it's actually pretty simple. Raptors don't play their first in-season tournament game until later in the month. They got like a couple weeks off. But like every Friday and every Tuesday the rest of the month, any NBA game that's being played is the in-season tournament game. Oh, that's smart. That's it. They so should, like yeah. every game that's being played tonight. So there's there's five teams. Everybody's broken up into their own division. There's five Pods. teams within your division. So you play everybody once. And if you win the division, you have the best record in those five. Uh, four games against the teams within your you go to single elimination and then there's two wild card teams so the t- two teams with the next best record okay that's it that's okay. that's all, all that's, right. that's it that's all uh so it starts tonight what do they get is it like a million bucks 500k there's definitely a financial incentive there's also a trip to vegas where the finals are being held i i'll tell you i'm 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 curious to see what it looks like but you know who should be really curious to see what it looks like? Mm. Is Gary Batman. Oh. I mean, that there's a real potential for this to to catch on. And the NHL very seldom is the leader on such things. But mm-hmm. hey, if this is successful in injecting some meaning into a regular season in which the whole modus operandi of the last couple of years and every decision seemingly mm-hmm. that the NBA executives make, whether it be the load management stuff, whatever. It's to emphasize the regular season. If there's even a modicum of interest generated by this thing, what a massive, massive victory. And the NHL should absolutely be jumping on board. If that's if the if if people buy into this thing and I'm open to the possibility, mm-hmm. everybody else should be watching. Okay, so I'm actually I thought we were gonna be closer in in thought on this than we are. I am I am interested in this. I am intrigued. 
but I am giving a 0% chance of there being any buy-in from the public at all. With the exception, and this is why it doesn't matter because the NHL doesn't work this way, with the exception of superstar on superstar matchup. But we would be excited about that in the NBA regardless because it's the way the sport works, a matchup of Steph and LeBron or Wemby and KD or whatever it is. That's the thing that will make the finals exciting. And yeah, if the NHL had their version of the tournament and they lucked into Leafs Oilers in the final of it or in a knockout game, then yeah, that would do numbers for sure. But it is just, it is such a star-powered sport, and that is the way these in-season tournament games will be sold. I think eventually, 15, 20, it's going to take a literal generation before it sticks, but eventually there will be enough moments and this tournament will matter, and then maybe there is a little more import to the regular season. But I think that's the reason why, as much as I do like the idea for the NBA, I don't think it plays with the NHL because it, the, thing, the other thing that it does is it dilutes what we in hockey revere the most, that we have the best playoffs. If you're doing playoffs in a watered-down version in the middle of a season for... 500 grand and a trip to Cabo. Like, I mean, 500 grand a player is yeah, like, the yeah, players are excited <laughs> about that. Joseph can Wall's you, like, oh my God, I'm ima- doubling my salary. Can you imagine that? Well, okay, in the NHL, they get 25 bucks and a Tim's card is how that would work. Just with the <laughs> salaries involved in the different leagues. There's also 12 or 15 mm-hmm. guys on an NBA team. But it, the thing we love in hockey is that the playoffs are so intense and they mm-hmm. matter the most and da-da-da-da-da to try for even in any way, shape, or form to bring that into another part of the year, it would just never work in the sport, in my opinion. Well, and I and I, the, mm. I come to this as a person who loves it for the NBA. Single elimination is not something that, I mean, Canadian hockey fans are all that familiar. Mm-hmm. I mean, it happens in Memorial Cup. Eventually you get to that yeah. point. But, like, yeah, it, I, I, I think about series. the Frozen Four, right, like mm-hmm. as being the the – preeminent single elimination tournament in when hockey. When I was just cheering for Matthew Nyes to lose the whole time, I'm like, go, lose Nyes, lose. Yeah, he did eventually. Uh, Too late. Final. <laughs> but, yeah, it's not something that you do associate. Like, there's a big part. The, one of the most significant basketball events that yeah. exist is single elimination. All these guys yeah. played in it, or yeah. the majority awesome, of them. Yeah. Not Victor Wemanyama, yeah. who, by the way, or had all, his best actually, game of all the his good, career. All the good guys in the league don't play in it anymore. They're all from Europe now. Yeah. <laughs> It's true. Maybe we'll get back to that because uh, Raptors see Wemby for the first time on Sunday, and it's an interesting time because he just went off. I'm so excited. Yesterday against the Phoenix Suns um, and just willed them to a victory at the end of that that basketball game and looked like you know yeah. a six or a seven foot five guy who's a dead eye shooter should look. Anytime Kevin Durant is looking at a guy going, ah, this guy's too long and skinny. Yeah. Don't like it. Anytime you get that from Kevin Durant, that kind of tells you all He's you need to know. He's the new Slim Reaper. He really all right. is. Uh, when we come back, where's Tyler Bertuzzi in the third period? All right. He's staples to the bench because he's now a fourth liner making five and a half million dollars. That's bad. Sick. <laughs> We'll get to that. And we'll also talk to uh, Charles Davis, the NFL on CBS, uh, as we look forward to a pretty impressive slate on week nine. As the fan morning show continues, Ben Ennis, Brent Gunning, Sportsnet 590, the fan.